You are now listening to The Perfect Prana with Kaya Ann. What's poppin'? What's good? You're listening to The Perfect Prana Show, and I am Kaya Ann, a new yoga instructor on the Chicago scene, and your host, and a college student. If you like yoga, this is the perfect place to be. And if you do not like yoga, then you're in for a treat. (laughs) I have the usual rundown, a special guest, some yoga news, the weekly wellness challenge. I'm actually going to switch the order of the show because I want to hear from the special guest first because she is amazing. We're going to switch the flow. Nothing wrong with that. But before we get into all of that, one thing we're not switching is the fact that I need to center myself first. I'm inviting you to center with me. No matter where you're at, you could be at the park, you could be in your car, you could be in your bed, you could be sitting on your couch, on the floor, you could be in space. (laughs) That would be pretty cool if you were, but you are in space. (laughs) You could be dancing. You could be, you could be on your mat for all I know. You could be, there's so many possibilities. I don't know where you could be, but let's center ourselves. Let's rein it all in. Look at your feet. Maybe you're wearing shoes or socks or maybe you're barefoot. Give your little your toes a little wiggle. And then look at your hands. Maybe you have on gloves. Maybe your hands are just out and exposed. Maybe you have on rings, jewelry. Just wiggle your fingers can actually feel your fingers touch your thumb to your index then your your middle finger your ring finger and your pinky if it's safe for you to do so just really feel your fingers then wiggle your toes at the same time and just gather awareness of your entire body just notice what things feel like If you're wearing clothes, what does the fabric feel like on your skin? Or if you have a blanket covering you? What do the shoes feel like on your feet? Are your toes cold? (laughs) Or are your toes just a little sweaty? (laughs) And just notice what your body feels like, all the sensations. What do you taste? What do you smell? What do you see? Roll your shoulders up and back. Bring your shoulder blades closer to each other, opening up your heart. Take a deep inhale through your nose and let your belly expand. Hold at the top and then exhale through your nose pulling your belly button toward your spine and just keep breathing and focusing on that prana. 
prana translating to breath, breath of life, our energy source, many, many translations. The prana is perfect, perfect as it is, perfect right now. It's a gift. Yoga taught me how to breathe. Let's just get straight into the show. Yoga Hills. I'm here with Dr. Michaela Turner. I got my doctorate degree in organizational leadership psychology. And then I was studying mostly families and yoga and mindfulness, which is the goal of yoga. And so I I frame the family as an organization. And then I invented a whole bunch of, I call them the MIBITs, the mindfulness-based intervention tools that people can make out of recycled material to redirect the children. So when did you start practicing yoga and why do you still practice yoga? Hmm. So I started practicing yoga in 19... 95. And I continued a twice weekly or once weekly practice until about 2005, where I actually went out of the house and then did it. And what I what I came to was that we do yoga every single day. We do it in our mudras, which is finger yoga. We become aware of our breath. That's yoga, pranayama. Um, Just standing up straight. I realize that it's not necessarily the poses, but it's our being awake and aware when we're doing it, which is the whole reason for yoga, to prepare the body, mind, and spirit for mindfulness or enlightenment. We are one with everything and it's all ordinary. When we're thinking, we're not being mindful. When we're being mindful, we're not thinking. That is what mindfulness is all about. So you don't have to change your posture or anything. You just become aware of where your body is in space, how you're sitting on the chair, how your mouth is close to the microphone, And just become aware of what you see, hear, taste, touch, and smell right now. And notice that you didn't have one thought. It's just checking in, where am I? And and if if we do that, if you do that 10 times a day, your life is going to change. And that's what yoga is all about, just being in the moment. When somebody comes in to your class or just comes to you in general with a mental health issue or like some type of disorder. They're like, Hey, I have this, or I have that. And I want to use yoga to help me with this or that. How do you help them? What are the steps that you go through to support their issues? And the first thing I would do if, if I if the person actually had a diagnosis from a psychiatrist, a psychologist, an MD, a naturopath, a chiropractor, I would get a note from the doctor, first of all, that 
they are able to do it and what are they able to do? So as far as flexibility and then whether or not they can do the inversions, because children with Down syndrome are not supposed to do the inverted poses. And then um, once I find out what it is they can do, then I look specifically at what it is they're trying to accomplish. Are they trying to just stay in their bodies and not go into their minds thinking all the time? Are they trying to balance their brains so that they can study and research? Or are they strengthening their bodies? Are they trying to become more intuitive? So that would really determine the types of yoga and how I would go about it with them. That before I got certified and I thought I knew a little bit about yoga and people would be under stress and and under the gun for a timeline to be finished. And I would tell them, just do yoga, just do yoga. And they were too busy for yoga. And now I understand. Now I understand that some people, it's necessary to generate that amount of concentration just to keep on going. And to stop certain times would be detrimental. At other times, it's the perfect thing to do to bring us down to complete stillness before we get going again. So um, how I have practiced yoga, so I sort of referenced the stress in my life, um, and that was toward the end of the year. But sometimes the body just does it for us. If we're just completely still and our mind goes blank, that's kind of the body's own way of doing yoga, coming to stillness and being mindful. It's a cliche, but everybody always says, just take a deep breath. (laughs) Yeah, taking a deep breath and also OM, the M, the M sound. They did research on that. The vagus nerve is actually a bundle of nerves. It's the 10th cranial nerve that comes up behind the stomach and to the diaphragm and then behind the heart. And then it splits and goes up to the ears and then to the brain. So deep diaphragmatic breathing can stimulate the vagus nerve also Mm, you're you're actually stimulating the auricular branches at the ear so you're bal- you're you're balancing the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system you know one that ramps you up that has you reacting autonomically in in fight or flight and then the parasympathetic nervous system that says, okay, we're going to bring all this down now to Stacy's. And so that's why OM is so effective. Some people should never practice mindfulness because there's a reason why they're not in their bodies. If they have severe PTSD. Where can we find you at? On YouTube at the Joga Yoga Files.
all one word. And then also on Facebook, I have a group, The Yoga Yoga Files as well. So I'm highlighting MIBITS, the mindfulness-based intervention tools for people, teachers, parents, anybody to use them to redirect themselves first to mindfulness before they redirect anybody else. Before we go, as a yoga instructor, could you lead us through a quick pranayama? Just cue us since this is the perfect prana. Oh, yes, yes. You know, it's interesting that whenever anybody says the word breath or breathe, we instantly take a breath, almost as if that's contagious. And then if you're trying to center the room and people are taking deep breaths right now as we go through this, before you try and center any room, whether it's a business meeting or a family meeting or in the classroom or even on the radio show, just take a deep breath and everyone else will take a deep breath too. And that just settles everything in. I think it's interesting that taking a breath is called inspire or inspiration. And exhaling is expire or expiration. We're living and dying in every moment with every breath. Inspire and expire. So we'll just end it with a breath because... And for the body, isn't it interesting that seven seconds is a long time and you can get centered and meditative and mindful, mindful in that seven seconds. You don't need an hour. You don't need a class. Thank you so much, Dr. Michaela. Namaste. Namaste or meowmaste, what I used to say to you, meowmaste. Yoga news. <laughs> it's Mental Health Awareness Day. Well, actually, it was yesterday on October 10th. Now it's October 11th when I'm recording. Trigger warning, I will be discussing mental health. Everybody gets sick. Everybody has experienced some type of physical sickness. Like it could be a cold, it could be the flu, and everybody's also probably experienced some mental sickness or some mental illness and there's different degrees to it while some may have dealt with a cold and a flu others might deal with something chronic and the same could be said for mental illness don't stop your treatment plan in the name of yoga and then in and in the name of holistic healing whatever you are doing that is keeping you as healthy as possible mentally and physically please keep doing that as long as it's working for you there's certain practices that i do and ways that i operate in my life that work for me but it's not one size fits all. I empathize and I relate to so many people that are struggling with their mental health. Generally, anxiety is the most commonly diagnosed mental health condition in the US, 
affecting over 42 million adults. Everybody is anxious. OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, panic disorders, etc. There's a lot that falls under the anxiety umbrella. Some people may experience anxiety or the feeling of being anxious and maybe that's like having a cold but then other people might experience anxiety chronically but anxiety is a feeling of fear dread uneasiness worry or fear that is strong enough to interfere with one's daily life symptoms could be physical like sweating rapid heartbeat restlessness it could be difficulty sleeping stomach aches muscle aches fatigue etc i kind of wanted to bring in the conversation about chakras or chakras i, I don't know how I pronounce it chakras. I've heard people say chakra. I found the chakra section of my teacher training so interesting. I'm not a chakra expert by any means, but I feel like I understand the basics of it. Chakras are basically the points in our body that contain energy. It's not something that you can necessarily see with your eyes. These points of energy in our body affect our physical well-being and our mental well-being as well. So yeah, each chakra has different sounds, colors, essential oils, foods to keep them balanced, even postures and movements. And that is why I was like, I'm going to bring this into the mental health conversation to talk about yoga postures for different mental health disparities. But again, it's not one size fits all and it's not something that's going to absolutely just cure you. (laughs) It might take a lot of work, a lot of different practices to bring you back to balance. Sometimes it's a constant battle and that's okay. And, and something's better than nothing. There's certain conditions that I might have to deal with for the rest of my life, but it's better that I do practices to support this condition, improve it, than to do nothing at all and maybe even make it worse. Muladhara, I hope that I'm not butchering the pronunciation but look i have an american westernized accent and that's just what it is (laughs) root chakra this is the base chakra related to our basic needs where we belong having community and it's all about basic needs the root chakra, the body parts for it is colon, spine, and legs. It's the base. But this is the first chakra I thought of for anxiety disorders. If you had some of your basic needs threatened or you felt unsafe at a certain point, that might cause anxiety. A posture that I would do if I wanted to balance my root chakra 
would be child's pose because this posture makes me feel safe. And what really, what I like to do is bring my arms by my side instead of sending them out in front of me because that adds an extra element of safety to me. It's like creating a little nest for myself and it kind of blocks out the world from my view and I'm just with myself and I like how that feels. So that's the pose if I am ever anxious. Mani Pura kept coming up whenever I was researching the chakras related to anxiety, the solar plexus chakra. It's kind of in the center. It's our stomach, our liver, intestines, pancreas, solar plexus chakra kept coming up. And I kind of, it kind of made sense because the body part is the stomach. And sometimes you have a bad feeling in your gut when you're anxious. <laughs> so if I wanted to bring my solar plexus chakra into balance, I would do twisting movements, twisting of my spine. And I like to do these sometimes after I eat or if I might have like a tummy ache or something because it always just makes my tummy feel good. Depression. 21 million U.S. adults are living with depression. I believe depression to be under the category of mood disorder, which depression is persistent sadness and lack of interest or pleasure in previously rewarding or enjoyable activities. The symptoms can be changes in sleep, appetite, energy level, daily behavior, self-esteem, maybe there's thoughts of self-harm, maybe experiencing excess sleep or restlessness or insomnia, weight gain or loss, ruminating thoughts. That doesn't even scratch the surface of all the symptoms of depression. Some of the same chakras were coming up and it's going to be a lot of repeats. One chakra being imbalanced can affect the other. We could have one illness that causes another illness. It's just a chain reaction between all of these imbalances that we experience. Chakras that kept coming up for this though, solar plexus chakra, which I was just talking about. To bring this chakra into balance, I do a lot of twisting movements. The body part for the chakra is our organs like you know our stomach liver intestines pancreas and it's good to twist these around and wring them out but then also doing a lot of postures that build heat in our core would be beneficial because maybe if you're experiencing depression then it might be hard to do basic tasks. And then you might be like, girl, if I'm experiencing depression, I'm not about to get out of bed and start doing a plank. Well, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's our fire. It's our get up and go, take action. Doing planks and movements that promote me using my core. It builds confidence. Sahasada chakra, crown chakra. 
This is the central nervous system. When there's imbalances in this chakra, something's a common feeling is isolated and lonely. Those are things that you might experience with depression. Crown chakra allows you to feel connected to everything and everyone. And sometimes with depression, you might feel really disconnected. Postures I would do to balance my crown chakra. Anything that allows there to be a nice line of energy from your tailbone all the way to the crown of your head. Even when I hear depression, I just automatically want to slump over and just slouch and I feel like, ugh. Sitting up straight all the way from my tailbone to the crown of my head, I feel like that's an attitude changer. It makes me show up differently. If I'm dealing with depression and I'm trying to balance the crown chakra, Shavasana, corpse pose. Maybe if you're depressed and you feel stuck and you just need to lay there, give into that intuition that your body knows what you need to bring you back to balance. That sometimes you just need to lay there and that's okay. That's yoga too. I didn't even cover all the chakras. Typically, it's an experience in life that causes an imbalance in our body. But there are things that we could do to bring that energy back to balance. Yoking yoga is just one of those avenues. And you could really go into any yoga practice and just think about these body parts, really visualize energy in these body parts. And you'll probably use that body part at some point during the practice and really visualize energy in these areas. And that's going to be effective <laughs> at balancing your chakra. You might see some benefits in that. And that's amazing and really cool. And we're, we're really powerful beings. If you or anyone you know is in crisis, struggling with a mental health illness of some sort, please call the National Helpline. It's free. It's confidential. 24-7-1-800-487-4889. Weekly wellness challenge. Last week, I challenged myself and I challenged you all to journal every day. I've been journaling every day. I asked you guys on Instagram at consistently Kaya, consistently spelled with a K, Kaya spelled K-Y-A-H. I asked you all on Instagram, what are some good journaling prompts? One that got me was if you found out that you only had a year left to live, how would your life change? And this, this question really messed me up. This week's weekly challenge to say an impactful prayer or affirmation every day. Saturday to Saturday, of course. Maybe I'll start today. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but an emphasis on impactful. I've been told, say affirmations so many times 
before in my life and it's like okay I'll say this little silly affirmation every day yeah I'm pretty I'm cool I'm smart whatever it doesn't really change my behavior or my attitude or anything at all and sometimes it's good to say a nice impactful prayer mantra affirmation to disrupt whatever destructive beliefs one may have about themselves or about their life or whatever (laughs) there's so many affirmations and beliefs and ideas to just take on personally i'm just going to stick to saying my same prayers every day and i really believe there's power in saying the same prayer every day to really embed that into your belief system so it can really impact your life before i go i wanted to close out with a quote i found this quote as i was combing through my ytt notes for this episode and it was from one of our readings it stuck out to me yoga is self-transformation by joel kramer instead of using the body to get the posture you use the posture to open the body these postures these mantras these movements these all these health practices all these laws they're made for me i am not made for them all of these practices are made to support my body and to help me but thank you guys so much for tuning in to the perfect prana show on 88.1 fm wcrx this will be on apple podcast and spotify of course if you don't catch me on the radio for this episode there was a lot to cover so on spotify and apple i might upload a longer version and then also upload the radio edit so i'll see if I can get this episode under 30 minutes because it was a lot. I'm sending love, light, and energy to everyone, everyone that is listening, even the ones that are not, I'm sending you love, light, and energy. May the light and darkness within me bow to the light and darkness within you. Namaste. (laughs) 